0: Remember when you first said I do and how in love you were? Then came kids, work, responsibilities, and laundry? Suddenly your marriage became the last thing on your priority list. Are you wanting more out of your marriage?
1: We are Jeff and Mandy Rose, and we want to show you how to design your perfect marriage. Join us on our challenges of adventure, commitment, faith, and yes, intimacy. We want to help you make your marriage more. So you got a question for me?
0: I do have a question for you. As we're sitting in this lovely office, this home office of pretty much yours, I just get to record in here with you every Wednesday, but it looks so manly in here, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you referring to the new shelves that you put up?
0: I'm actually referring to everything that I've done in here. So I have ordered you a new chair, a leather chair. I got rid of the couch that you hated and I ordered you a manly, that is a manly chair. That says man all over it. Oh, fly. <laughs> is that? Is that a mosquito? It might be. Oh gosh, it really is very manly in here. It's like a camping zone. <laughs> I got you this leather chair, you've got like this industrial light that's and then I hung shelves with plumbing pipe. Plumbing pipe is that just screams manly, doesn't it? I think so. <laughs> so the question I had for you because I'm just really curious what your honest answer is. Last night, I just styled these shelves, and I'm just, you know, I'm playing with it. It takes me a while. I will say that my specialty is not in styling shelves. I'm not good at that part of decor. But what do you think?
1: I mean, my, my response was, and the funny thing was I had a response, and she's like, you need to hit record right now. Like, I'm going to ask you on the podcast right now.
0: We didn't go any further. I'm like, yeah, this is going to get good.
1: The only comment that I had was, so, you know, she's featured, like, there's, like, my book is on there, which uh, Soldier of Finance, I have my camouflage piggy bank, which was on my book cover, uh, has the American flag that I was given after I got back from Iraq. So there's definitely some manly things up there. But uh, I think the the first comment was, there's just, there's a lot of plants. I'm counting five plants.
0: Well, there's three shelves, and they're six foot long. And those plants are, like, there's too many ones.
1: Plants aren't really that manly.
0: <laughs> yes, they are. Plants are manly. <laughs> I, so, and so I said, plants like break it up. You don't want to just have like a bunch of just books.
1: Maybe like a, like a Venus flytrap. Like, that would be manly.
0: Well, we need a mosquito trap in here is what we need. Yeah, yeah we do.
1: If you hear like a loud thud. Or, I think like, they just feel my head. <laughs> just did a uh, flyby. To, just buzz you. So that was my first. Observation.
0: Okay, so I'll take down like one of the plants, so then you just have less. Which one do you not like?
1: I mean, this one on the right that has like this, that is not a manly. That? Yeah. That
0: is so manly. (laughs) That is manly. But it's
1: not manly. (laughs) It's not even close.
0: Okay, you don't know anything. (laughs) Go ahead. What else were you going to say?
1: I said the other thing was that how everything is displayed on the shelves, it's very neat.
0: To which I said, "You, what do you want, messy shelves?
1: There should be some... Mess? Sense of, like, organized chaos.
0: Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you want it to just look messy just because you want it to be messy?
1: Well, I just... There's some other things that could go on there that aren't maybe uniform. So then it would look cluttered? Like, I'm not saying adding more stuff. Like, for example, I wanted to add... When I was a kid, I loved GI Joes. Had every single, almost every single GI Joe as a kid. My favorite GI Joe figure was Snake Eyes. For those that know GI Joe, you know what I'm talking about. So they had uh, Hasbro had like their 25th anniversary, uh, probably like five years ago, of like this certain line of GI Joe figures, and I just we happened to be in Target. and I saw it, and I ended up buying several of these Snake Eyes because this was like literally my favorite, most favorite toy growing up. Second was Boba Fett from Star Wars. But number one was Snake Eyes. And for those that know G.I. Joe, this was the Snake Eyes where he had the sword and the Uzi and the gray wolf.
0: Nobody knows G.I. Joe. Nobody G.I. knows. So.
1: Okay. <laughs> so this is like, it's the 25th anniversary of the Snake Eyes and I have it like in a nice little protective case and I made a comment.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you have it in a nice protective case. You have it in the package it came in.
1: No, I actually bought like a case. You did? I did.
0: Where is it? It's,
1: it's in my closet. like above. <laughs> It like been disp- allowed- is it a display case? I mean, it could be a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I
0: mean, if it's in a display case, like I think we should let's put it up there. We'll take down. I, a- just,
1: I have this fear that it's going to go up there, and then I'm going to walk in here one day, and it's going to be missing
0: because a kid is going to open it. No, 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 <laughs>
1: no. Because I feel like there's things in my office now that are like missing because they didn't. <laughs> fit
0: make the, the cut? look
1: for what you're going for.
0: <laughs> what exactly are you missing that you need?
1: Oh, for example, you are very, this thing, very hard to remove like this sign that I have that's uh, very inspirational I am thing. not.
0: I'm going to Hobby Lobby right after this. I'm going to get it reframed and I'm going to make it match even though it's bright red and nothing in here is bright red.
1: <laughs> I'm going to
0: make it work for you.
1: It's going to look good.
0: I just feel like you should be a little more appreciative. Here's what I feel like. You're me for my honest opinion. No, no, opinion. no. I do. I agree. But I feel like you never... Oh, my gosh.
1: There's another plant on my other bookshelf over here. What? A...
0: That one's been there.
1: That's like... That's not a manly plant. That's like, like a little cute, like, chia pet type plant. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like, wow. Well, how come I don't have, like, any baseballs or any... Guys... There's
0: baseballs right there. I thought you wanted them over there. I can move them over here. You want them over here? <laughs> <laughs> Done. Here's the thing. I feel like you are so. You could care less about decor. Like you're just like whatever. I could paint the whole house purple. You wouldn't even notice. But the second that I try to like do something nice, like I'm doing this because like I want your office to look more manly. Like I want you to feel like this is your space. It's very like masculine. And like I I want to have things on these shelves that like you actually like come in here and you're like I like. So G.I. Joes. We can put those up there. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. The thing is. <laughs> is that I feel like you're you're hard to please when it comes to decor like you don't care you either don't care it, you you can't please you like there I don't know what you want I don't even think you know what you want you just like want to complain because it's not I've always perfect. told you
1: like I am not a I'm not a visionary when it comes to decor like I can't really tell you what I want I can give you some rough ideas but what I can do is tell you what I don't like <laughs> As an example, like I'm just looking over my other shelf over here and there's like this kind of a steel, I don't know what you would call this, but it says life is good. I
0: just put that there because I moved the book. I haven't even got to this part yet. Got it. Like I stole stuff from this to put over here. So then I'll have to redo that. But that's like tomorrow.
1: Oh my gosh, you're still going to be in here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go to your other office. That's what you're supposed to do.
1: Oh, I love you so much. You
0: don't. I feel like you're so not appreciative. I like want this to be good for you, but you can't it, tell me what to do, but then when I do it, then you complain.
1: It's amazing. No, you hate everything. amazing. You hate me. Amazing.
0: <laughs> you hate me. I sound like our nine-year-old. He says all the time, you hate me. <gasps> I guess he gets it from me.
1: <laughs> love you, babe.
0: All right. Anyway.
1: So, um, man, that's probably a perfect tie-in to what we were going to talk about today. And what we're going to be talking about today is one of, I would say, one of the deadliest marriage killers, usually a silent marriage killer that exists. And something that oftentimes we don't recognize that we are fallen victim to this, to this, this thing, this, uh, this feeling, this emotion. And it was something that earlier this, uh, probably a few months ago, where I, I was able to recognize. It took about a week or two for me to recognize that I was feeling this as my wife drops, sorry. attempting to make my office more manly, trying I to just, offer add oh, a coffee stain.
0: Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> I like to make things dramatic. Continue on. <laughs>
1: It's definitely more manly here now. <laughs> Let me get some Cheetos and like step on them and crush them <laughs> in the, into the rug. I recognized that I had fallen victim to, and it, this is one of the things that's hard to recognize when you have fallen victim to it. It's even more harder, I think, to openly confess, you know, to your spouse that you are going through this. And it took me actually going on a quick trip where I got in the car, and I just remember when I left, like we weren't on bad turns, but I could definitely tell like there was a bit of tension. And I couldn't quite figure it out. Initially, I was feeling that there was something that she was doing, and then I recognized it was something that it was all me. So what this thing is, what this emotion is, is resentment. Resentment is by far one of the most deadliest, silent marriage killers that exists. And when you start resenting your spouse for whatever, not doing the dishes, not making the bed, not appreciating the bookshelves that she's put together.
0: That's a big one.
1: That's a big one. (laughs) It can lead into so many areas of your marriage to where all of a sudden now when you would typically treat your spouse with love and affection, and concern, and you know, want to be their partner, their life partner, and support them through everything, now you have this built-up resentment that puts up this wall between you. So those things where typically, as a married couple, would compromise where you may give in on certain things, I think you know there, there has to be compromise in any marriage. But when you have resentment that is blocking you, Preventing you from compromising in little situations, in big situations. I mean, this it just compounds and compounds on top of each other, to where all of a sudden now you are in a knockout, drag out fight over something so minor, because resentment has been building up for many, many, could be many years, could be many days, weeks, you know, however that might be for you. When I got this idea with, about this this topic, so I just was going to share the story of. How I was able to recognize, um, well, actually, first, I'll say, do you have any comments on resentment or anything?
0: I think resentment is something that we both have dealt with. I know that, speaking for myself, that in our marriage, I think probably this is the number one thing that has affected me. Because I think resentment turns into so many more things. Like it turns into you, you're resentful of something of your spouse. So then you hold it in and then you become angry or you become bored or you become, you know, distant. And so I feel like it starts with resentment for me. And so I feel like this is a good topic. I'm excited to hear what you're going to say because I, I don't know where you're going with this. And I I sure have a few stories I can probably share, but I'm curious what, your, what yours is.
1: No, so for me, and I'm sure there are several, at least one other example where I was having resentment. I'm sure Manny has a lot more. I'm definitely better in this.
0: I know. You want me to laugh at your (laughs) jokes that are not funny?
1: (laughs) No, I know that there have been several other instances. This one just happened to be the most recent. And so as I mentioned, I was in the car. I was going on a quick uh, quick business trip. I was going to be gone for like two days. And just, I remember I was in the car and I wasn't listening to any music, was not listening to podcasts. It was just quiet. And I remember I just started praying about how I was feeling because I definitely just felt like there was this tension between Mandy and I, and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. So in this prayer, it just hit me. Like it it, it almost like you have, like a magician that all of a sudden like pulls back the curtain or pulls back the sheet to, you know, reveal like the magic trick. I mean, it felt like it was just like that. Like someone had just pulled a sheet off and all of a sudden it was like so blatantly obvious. And what the resentment was is before we had adopted our daughter and brought her home, I was working from home, had my new home office in which we are in right now. And I was having some of the best production I think I've had it in a long time. Like, I was laser-focused. I was so busy. I was just doing a lot of good things. And then in came Summer. Then came our daughter. And so we had our boys here. We had our daughter here. And I was not able to do all the things I had been able to do. And it was affecting my mood. Where... I didn't realize it, but I was starting to resent the fact that, you know, like my daughter was here and my kids were here and my wife was here and I was just being interrupted time and time again. And it just made me upset, but I couldn't, I was upset, but I couldn't figure out why. And it wasn't until I got in the car and realized it and prayed about it that it just hit me that I was resenting the fact that my family was interrupting me being productive you know at, at at my work and man like when that just hit me and when i recognized like why i was upset and cranky and just being a grouch like i just first like i repented i just you know i just asked ask god to forgive me for and just to change my heart in that but then i'm pretty sure i remember calling you or i know that we ended up talking about it shortly thereafter and basically confessed to you and apologized that i just said i'm sorry i go i didn't realize like this is what the issue was, you know, and I was blaming you. I don't know why I, I singled you out, but I put that on you because maybe I didn't feel like you were taking care of the kids. Well, I needed to be, you know, be productive or I felt that I, oh, the other issue was like I could have left and went to, you know, worked at my other office. But I don't, I'm not as productive as my brick and mortar office. I, that's why I work from home or try to work at a coffee shop. But I remember I wouldn't leave the house to go work at a coffee shop even though i knew i would be more productive because i wouldn't be interrupted but i didn't do it because i felt i assumed there's another dangerous word i assumed that she mandy would be upset that i left you know her here with all the kids so i didn't leave and i silently blamed her for the fact that i wasn't leaving even though i never asked <laughs> even though she oftentimes even offered, but I just almost dismissed it as like, ah, she probably doesn't really mean that, and so I'm not going to go because I know she'll be mad that I'm not here. Like, you, you can see where this is going. So all these things led to me resenting her and oftentimes my kids, where I was just, like, frustrated and just being just mean, you know? And as we know, just, you know, that then led into other issues of just us not being able to communicate, not feeling on the same page, like, like just being short with each other. And I'm just, I'm grateful that I was able to recognize that. I just wish that I was able to recognize it sooner than I did because, you know, had I just had a conversation with her, I mean, once again, going back to communication, if I just said, Hey, is it okay if I leave? I mean, if I go for a few hours, like I, I know the answer would have been, I just never, I don't know. I guess I didn't feel right. I almost felt guilty asking. So I didn't. And then having that assumed guilt led to me resenting her.
0: Yeah, I remember this actually very specifically, because when we did finally talk about it, I remember telling you, like, because there were so many days that you were you were working here. And for those of you who don't like know the layout of our house, this office that we're in used to be a playroom and it's like right off the main area of our house. So it's like right there. Right in the middle of everything, like you can't really be, the doors don't even lock. So it's like, and they're French doors, so you can see through them. So there's not a lot of privacy in here. So when all of the kids are here and we're here, like, and I'm here, I mean, you are being interrupted because it's pretty much in the center of the home. And that was one of the downfalls about making this space your office (laughs) right before summer. But I do remember because I would be like, man, I just like, I was almost resenting you Because I was like, I wish you would just go to your office, like go work, because it was work for me to try to keep the kids out of here, to try to keep them away from you, to make sure they're not distracting you. Like I felt like this pressure to make sure that like you had your space and your peace and your quiet. And I was I was just like, just go like just so then I don't have to worry about the kids you know, being a problem or interrupting your production and and your work hours. And so I was like feeling the other way, like I wanted you to go like work at a coffee shop or work somewhere else. But you felt like I wanted you to stay because I, I guess because then you're here in case I needed you for the kids or which I will say at times was helpful. I'm not going to lie. There were times that we had to deal with some things that it was nice that you were here, but then it also made me feel guilty to interrupt you. If there was something like that, you know, if there was something with a child that I couldn't handle and you were here, then I would come to you. Whereas if you weren't here, then I would just have to handle it, you know? And so I think it's just interesting to have the two different perspectives of how we were both resenting each other in that situation, but wanting the same outcome. You know, it's like you were wanting to be productive during the work hours and get your stuff done so you could feel like you actually were, you know, accomplishing it. And and you wanted to leave to do that. And I wanted you to leave and go so that you weren't, you know, being interrupted, except for we both just assumed the opposite. And then, in turn, that caused both of us, I think, to resent each other over that certain situation.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. And for those that are newer in your marriage, I mean, this might be harder to relate to. But I just, in talking about resentment, I, I thought of another story where I resented you. And it led to a kind of like a common disagreement that we had like earlier on in our marriage. And I don't know why I just thought of this, but I can remember that when I had just started my career as a financial advisor, so I was there like the first year, and you know, you're trying to make a good impression, you know, hang out with your boss and all the the higher, I don't say higher ranking officials, that's like a totally military thing, but you know, just just trying to network. I'm just the young kid trying to make a good impression, and they didn't do this all that often, but they had a an after hours meet-up or happy hour or something like that, you know, for the entire office. And Mandy and I, we weren't married yet. We were just dating. And for whatever reason, like, spouses, like, weren't – it's not that they weren't invited – wait, no. It's not that that they weren't allowed to come, but they weren't invited, if that makes sense. And I remember you were like, why, why can't I come? Because, you know, you knew some of the people that work there – you know, one of the other advisors, you uh, you grew up with uh, his son. It's like you knew him you know, before I knew him. So you kind of felt that, why couldn't you be there? And I just remember, like, I I resented <laughs> the fact that you were so animate about going because I'm trying to remember, like, truthfully, I, I just remember, like, I wanted to go. I wanted to have some drinks. I wanted to be able to have a good time and just hang out with, the guys, you know, even though there were some women there too, I mean, there were, I think, probably three or four women there. I mean, my, technically, my boss, you know, was a female. And I just remember, like, I resented, I resented you for being so forward about making sure that you were there. And when I think back on that, how, just how wrong it was for me to be in a situation where I am drinking with coworkers of the opposite sex. And that was just a bad place to be in. And in fact, I didn't recognize it. Obviously, I wasn't nearly as close to Jesus as I am now. But I can just remember that situation, like I resented you. And reflecting back, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, like you had every right to want to be there. You had every right to be there. And I just think, well, this is probably a whole other topic, but, you know, putting yourself in situations like that when you have alcohol, <laughs> Co workers in the opposite sex, like chances, I mean, not saying that something bad's always going to happen, but anytime you incorporate alcohol in the opposite sex with your spouse not being there, it's just not a good thing. I mean, I think we all can agree on that. And that just was another example earlier on in our marriage where I resented you. But knowing how I am, and I am, you know, I've had a history of being very flirtatious, I'm very outgoing, and it wasn't until later on our marriage that I recognized that I I have always sought approval uh, from women just you know, to be noticed, to be accepted, and I think this is something that a lot of men can relate to, uh, maybe not as much as I am, but this kind of goes back to just how I was raised and there's some other deeper issues here at play, but it was just something when we went through counseling that I recognized about myself, but it wasn't until you know, years later. And putting myself in situations like this where I'm drinking and I'm with other women, not with my wife, that it would put me in a very, just a bad situation that I I shouldn't be in knowing how I am. Just another situation where I resented you and one, I shouldn't have. And two, like I'm thankful that God wired you the way that you are, you know, to not give in and not roll over in that situation. So just want to share like another
0: well yeah it's it's funny when you bring that up because then i'm like thinking about how i remember that specifically i even remember the restaurant and i don't remember anything <laughs> about the past i have the worst memory but i i do remember that specific situation and i think it's important to say that i don't know if we were married or newly married or but whatever it was it was early on in our relationship and knowing each other and there were a lot of trust issues between us and so i felt like I've always just been, and I don't know why I'm like this, I'm so protective of our marriage and our relationship. Like, I'm so protective of that. And, like, I don't know why God has given me this, this, like, this weird, I don't know, intuition about temptations and situations that are going to like be bad news for our, for our relationship. But he, he does that for me. And so I felt like that specific situation was, I was resenting you because I'm like, well, why would you want to go with other women and drink, you know, with people that you're with every single day, all day. So these are people that, you know, you're building a relationship with already, and then you're going to go drink with them. And it just like, I really just felt like that was not, it was a, situation where I felt like you could be easily be tempted to flirt or take it too far or, you know, and that was early on in our marriage where we did have trust issues. And so, but I think even now, like it would be, it would be the same. I would feel the same way. I wouldn't want you to put yourself in that situation, but not because I don't trust you, but because I know the temptations that are there for you and that are an issue for you. And I wouldn't want you to be To put yourself in a situation where you would be tempted or, you know, because I think we all go through that where we're like, oh, well, you know, maybe you're listening and your husband or your wife or whoever goes and does happy hour with their coworkers and you're thinking, well, that's not a big deal to me. You know, and maybe it's not because everybody has different boundaries in their marriage. But for us, it was one of those trigger points where, you know, and I and I truly believe for anyone, you shouldn't be (laughs) drinking and hanging out with the opposite sex and sharing your, you know, life stories and personal things with somebody of the opposite sex with alcohol or just not even with alcohol. But I think even now, if we were in that situation, it wouldn't be about trust, but it would be about the temptation of that's in front of you that maybe you don't even think you are tempted from, you know? So I've just, I've always been very protective of our marriage. And sometimes that comes off crazy, but I'm telling you the amount of people that we have heard through emails or local or friendships or whatever, like the amount of people that go through stuff because of alcohol and opposite sex relationships that turn into something they never thought it would. It's heartbreaking. Like I am now, I used to be like, I'm crazy. I'm so protective of my marriage. And now I feel like I am glad I'm like that. Like I am very protective of it. But if I wasn't, would we still be in where we are? What would we have been through? You know? And so it has caused a lot of, I would say, arguments in our marriage about how protective I am of, and and maybe sometimes my boundaries are a little bit out different from other people's than what makes me feel comfortable. But I do know in that specific situation that you're talking about, like I resented you for i mean just wanting to do that, you know, like wanting to put yourself in temptation. So I, it's something that I actually never thought about until this podcast, how usually if you're resenting me about something specific, I'm resenting you about almost the same thing in a different way. But I never really realized that until we were just talking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just one thing to realize and recognize with resentment in your marriage is that I feel like in both situations where there the, the two situations that we've talked about today was that the resentment that was there would have been a whole lot worse, one of two things. One, if we hadn't talked about it, you know, if we would just let it go. And I just remember in that earlier situation, talking about the after-hour drinking activity, I just remember, I can't remember the exact conversation, but I remember Mandy just explaining why she felt that she should be there and just trying to, like, make me understand, you know, why she felt left out and and how she felt like if I didn't want her to be there. And when I heard that perspective, like I felt like a douchebag if I didn't allow to have my wife there. Like, why wouldn't I allow her there? I mean, I'm sorry, she was my girlfriend at the time, but you know, I still, I knew I loved her. I knew that we were going to be together. So when I recognized like the hurt that she had from feeling intentionally left out, like I felt bad and I recognized like, okay, you now stop being an idiot. Allow her to come. And and the second situation was just, I think, and this is probably a harder one to do, is finding a way to recognize what that resentment is. And for me, it, like I said, it didn't happen until I actually just went on a drive and started praying about it. But I don't remember how long that lasted, but I feel like it was at least a week or two of kind of like building up where, um, for me to recognize that. So, I want people to be able to recognize it sooner than I did, and maybe it just it can't happen until you go through it a few times. But you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you're resenting your spouse, try to the best of your ability to like, recognize what that is and write it down. You know, Write it down or just file it away in your head so you know what that is. And once you recognize what that is, have a conversation with your spouse about what it is. Like, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm resenting you because of this. And, and you might want to preface it. like I'm not saying that you're right or wrong. I just want to let you know how I feel. I think that's something we've talked about in previous podcasts is not casting blame on that person, just letting them know how you feel based on what's going on. And, and not even all the time, but oftentimes, I think you end up realizing that the resentment that you have towards them you'll end up finding out that, like in my case, like I was, resenting, I was resenting her for me not being able to leave, but I could have left. You know, so a lot of that was on me. So the fact that I didn't communicate with her to help me realize that a lot of that was on me, I mean, like I was having resent, like it was self-inflicted resentment. And I'm not saying in every situation that's the case, but I, I almost bet that a lot of times that there is some sort of compromise that hasn't been realized because you haven't voiced to your spouse what that resentment is.
0: Yeah, like I'm just thinking about it and I'm thinking about, I feel like a lot of times some of the resentment stems from some of our own self-guilt. And I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. But like just thinking of another story or, or example of in our marriage is a lot of times as a mother and as a wife, and I feel like a lot of probably other women, we've talked about this before, can relate to this. But I feel that as a mother, a lot of the duties that when it comes to the children, like they're just mine and you help. This isn't, I don't want you to think like that I'm making you sound like a terrible father. Like you are an amazing dad, but I do feel like it's just in me. Like I was just born to like be a mom. And so like I take control and I do things. And sometimes that means that you kind of just, you know, like you don't help as much and you don't like you, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago where you like wake up and you'll just go to the gym. Like I would never do that. And so I will resent you for those little things. So, for example, like, let's just take there There was a Saturday not too long ago, like I wanted to go to Target, but I kept telling myself, like, I felt guilty leaving you here with the kids and going to Target by myself. Like, I felt guilty doing that. And so then I resented you because I felt like I couldn't, even though you would have not cared if had I just said, hey, I'm going to run to Target for like two hours you got the kids, you would have been like, yeah, go. But I felt guilty for going. So then I felt like I didn't want to leave you. So then I resented you because I was mad. I don't even know what, like that doesn't even make sense, right? So it's like, I feel like sometimes our resentment is, it stems from like self guilt that we feel about ourselves. And then it turns into this resentment that we place on our spouse that it really isn't even necessary had we just had a conversation or openly talked about it.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like what you just brought up is almost the exact same thing that we were both in two different entirely situations resenting each other for no reason. You know, we were resenting each other and then we're angry and we're bitter. (laughs) And had we just voiced what was going on into the other, like it would have been, it would have been squashed almost immediately. But yet this resentment builds up. Because of a lot of that self guilt that we have, that's some good stuff right there.
0: Yeah, this is maybe maybe this will be life changing for us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I feel like this is something that we definitely need to explore more. I feel like it's something that I, I almost—I mean, this is my big idea coming out—but somehow we can give you some tools, even for ourselves and for you, to recognize when you are dealing with resentment, you know, and how you can quickly get over that. Or you know get through that and give you some exercise that you can work uh, with your spouse. So anyway, that's on me to do. Sorry, I'm just kind of thinking out loud, big idea guy.
0: But um, <laughs> it but yeah. would be helpful, though.
1: No, I think it would because I think this is something that we, man, every couple deals with, and I think we all deal with it on such different levels. Where, like you said, I mean, for me, that that in one, that one case, you know, it was a week or two before I realized it. You know, with the target thing, I mean, I don't remember if you went that day, but I'm sure there have been other times that you didn't go that you resented me for, even though you never asked. And as you said, like I would have said, no big deal. So it's like how and how that affects your mood and how it affects how you with us, you know, how we interact together. I mean, it's it just changes the whole dynamic. Where when we should be able to like cuddle and love and be sweet, now like you're angry at me and like, I don't even know why. And it's, it's and it's because you didn't ask me to go to Target. So silly. <laughs> you know, or I didn't ask to leave to go to the coffee shop. Like, I didn't ask. Like, it's my fault. But yet now I'm presenting for her because I didn't ask.
0: But because you felt guilty. Because I felt guilty. And so there's the self-guilt. There's the self-guilt. Right. Yeah. But I do think that, just I want to point out, because I think this is important, that The way that you responded in the situation where, you know, you were leaving the office and you were feeling guilty, but so then you resented me, that situation, I feel like that is something to take note of for other people because I feel like what you did was a good response. Like you didn't really know why you were feeling that way. But then once you realized it, like you took responsibility for part of it, you know, you took responsibility saying, you know what, like you didn't tell me I had to stay here and, and you communicated it to me. So you called me and you were like, Hey, listen, I just want to apologize because I have been feeling this way. And it's something that I felt like you were making me feel this way yet. Like you didn't do anything. Like you didn't tell me I couldn't leave or you. And so I feel like you took responsibility, you communicated and, and you'd, you know, you took responsibility for your part. And I think that it's easy to have a forgiving heart as a spouse. Like I was easy to forgive you because it, it felt like, wow, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And like, Hey, you know, like I want you to go to the coffee shop. Like you should do that. Like it would be easier for me. I was resenting that you that you were here. And so I think just like, I don't know, just like the response that you had, I think is it's important to note because other people in those situations, I feel like they just let their resentment build up and then it turns into not a phone call with an apology. It turns into like a huge blown up fight where you're yelling and arguing and hating each other. And so, you know what I mean? Like that's, and don't get me wrong. (laughs) Resentment has done that to us many times where we have responded that way. But I think that you have the correct response in that situation.
1: Does that get me out of the uh, doghouse about the uh, shelf unmanly comments earlier and the plants?
0: (laughs) Uh, No comment on that. I'll have to practice forgiveness for that.
1: Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So I hope this is helpful. I think this has been very helpful for us. I mean, just kind of going through this. I'm glad that we chose this topic today. Actually, I'm glad that I came up with this topic.
0: Yeah, it's all you. All me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: But, uh, man, we just really appreciate you tuning in once again to the Marriage More podcast. Uh, We thoroughly enjoy this and just hope that we can help you have a better connection with your spouse, a deeper connection. If you want to take that connection to the next level, I highly encourage you to check out our Marriage More community, which is a free Facebook group. We have over 2,500, almost 2,600 couples in there at the time of this recording. And the best part about this thing, it is free. And there's just been some great communication that's on there. So if you're looking just for a safe place to connect with other spouses that are not only committed to making their marriage more, but also just are dealing with some of these same struggles that we've shared today about resentment and other issues, and you're just looking for a safe place to share that, we strongly encourage you to check that out. Please go to marriagemore.com forward slash FB. F is in Frank, B is in boy, marriage.com forward slash FB.
0: Marriagemore.com. What did I say? Marriage.com. Dang it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the first time you said it, but the second time you said marriage.com.
1: Marriage, yeah, marriage.com marriage. would be kind of an expensive domain to purchase, I imagine. So, yeah, I don't can't even there. imagine.
0: Don't go
1: so there. Go to com forward slash FB, or you can also find the link at com in the navigation menu. You'll see free Facebook group in our menu there. Please check it out. We just love to have more couples in there, just inspiring others to what we're all about make their marriage more so we look forward to seeing you in there and until next time
0: this is your life this is your marriage and only you can make it more
1: take care